welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We are so excited you're here, and we're excited to have Pastor CJ and Cheryl back from the Tapestry of Life missions trip in Mexico. While on the trip, God kept ministering to Pastor CJ about hydration and how important it is both physically and spiritually. We are meant to be spiritually flowing, and yet many of us find ourselves spiritually dehydrated. Aren't you thirsty today? Let's get more of God. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, somebody say amen. Or should I say glory adios? Probably people say, what does that mean? I don't either. I don't know what it means. Glory to God. There you go. Amen. Pastor Carolyn knows what it means. All I know is that all I kept hearing when I was in Mexico was, ay, 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 and and there was a guy, there was a guy there, they called him Nacho, and every time he introduced himself, my name is Nacho, Nacho Cheese, not Cheese, just Nacho. And so uh, I'd like to say this uh, before we get into the message today. Uh, I want to say thank you to you as a church. We had a great time, just a great time. And we're going to do a presentation probably in about two weeks. Uh, we were going to do it today, uh, but some of the people are still driving home, and they asked if we could wait until they got home because we're putting together a video, and we're doing a big thing that we're going to be doing for the Mexico trip. Um, but thank you for allowing us to go. We had a great time. Uh, I know that we're all jet-lagged, tired. We lost an hour, I mean, because when we got there, the time zone was different, so we lost an hour coming back, so we're kind of, you know, whatever. But, uh, but uh, hey, we had a great time, and I will tell you this, church, you can be proud of the people that went. We, they, they, they worked hard, and I mean to tell you, Marilyn kept us well-fed. She was in the kitchen with the the uh, Spanish or Mexican ladies there and her and Linda right up their alley. And you should have seen, man, they were putting the right spice on. I mean, we weren't going out of there saying, uh, you know, hot tamales or anything like that. They had it just right. And, I mean, we, we, we accomplished much. We built retaining walls. We put uh, cinder blockers up and we did walls. We put the car, curtain rods up. Monty, it was amazing. All the projects that we, we did and were able to accomplish. And um, we got a lot. We probably got the Painting that my wife and and uh, Dee Edie and and Janet and Allie. I mean, you should have seen that we tackled projects. It was unbelievable. And I, I want to say this to you: we're going to do this again next year, and we're going to put this out, out before you a lot earlier so you can save money if you'd like to go. It is an incredible time. It really is, and uh, it's life changing. And it's an experience that uh, that I I'll never forget. I've probably been on several missions trips, Val. I I don't know how many missions trips I've been on through the years, but uh, I will say this, and I told this to our our, our trip uh, that while we were there, uh, every time it never seems to fail that when we go on a mission trip, there's always an issue that rises. You know what I'm saying? And uh, when I go on missions trips, I intentionally take off my pastor hat and just become one of them. Because when I, when I have to be a pastor, I always have to be on point. I always have to be the one that's leading the charge and blowing the horn and all that kind of stuff. Well, I intentionally, when I go on missions trips, I just take off that hat and just become one of you. And, uh, but it never seems to fail that when I get into a missions trip, uh, there's always an issue that has to rise or comes up or whatever, and then I have to put that hat back on and step in between whatever's going on and say, hey, you know this, that, and the other thing, and be the mediator. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something, church. This group was so awesome. I, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating by any stretch of imagination. This group was so awesome, Rose, that I didn't have to step in. We got along so well. It was the most amazing trip that I have been, personally, I have been on many trips to Guatemala, to Russia, to Ukraine, to Ecuador, to you, you name it. Uh, but this, this was a great trip. And I, I think uh, we, we as the missions team, first of all, I want us as the mission team that are here, uh, little Judy and Marilyn and whoever else and, and Chaz, and I think we need to show the church how much we appreciate them. Can we do that, just us right now? Can we do that? I mean, really, we, we had a great time. And so thank you. Thank you for sending us. Thank you for allowing us to go. Thank you for those who contribute. And uh, I know that many of you sacrifice for us. 
and you gave towards the missions trip by the auction and the chili feed and all the things that we did to be able to raise the money. And I want to say thank you. I, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Um, uh, Linda, and I'll just give a, give a real quick testimony. Uh, Linda and, and Rudy, obviously you know Linda, my secretary, mom, your, your daughter, my, my sister, <laughs> in the Lord. And uh, anyways, uh, she's never been out in, into a foreign country. She's never been into a, a new place other than the U.S. And she was so taken by it to see the poverty and what goes on in other countries. And the, the, um, the housing that they have there, the... Uh, the, the uh, sewer, I mean, guys, it just, it's amazing. And uh, she was so broken by that. And uh, it, it really blew her out of the water. And what it, this, these types of trips do, it makes you appreciate what you have. And um, I'll tell you, when, when you can't flush, flush down the toilet what you use, you know, and you can't do that and you can't drink the water, you, it's, just, it, it's so much of a sacrifice that, the things that we take for granted that they they can't do, and um, it, it changes life changing. And I, I know that we are tired because we worked. I'm not kidding you, Chris. We worked hard, uh, Barb. We really worked hard, and uh, you've been proud. So we will come back to you in probably two weeks. We'll have a video, and if you want to see um, our video, I think there's a video on YouTube. There's a video on YouTube that you can kind of see of, and on Facebook that we kind of put tentatively together. That was them guys putting that together at the uh, compound or whatever they call it, outpost. They put that together, but we will put one together our, ourselves. Amen. And so thank you uh, for allowing us to go. I will say this, uh, 50 and Older Club, we will have it this Wednesday. We're back on track. Uh, I was Even while I was there preparing, I want you to know something. Uh, I was moved so mightily. Now, take out your sermon notes because I'm going into my sermon now. Um, I was so moved uh, by this Mexico trip that uh, I had to stay back um, to write my message. And the reason why we were going to have the missions team up here today. So God had another plan. And I'll tell you, when God moves, <laughs> he, he moves. And uh, I wasn't planning on preaching today, but then when the mission team asked me at one of our meetings at night, they said, Pastor, can we wait? And I said, sure. So all through the week, uh, God was speaking to me about hydrate. And uh, so I'm going to be doing a series that has been birthed. I'm going to tell you something. This series that God has put on my heart has been birthed in the ground in Mexico. Um <laughs> I stood back on Thursday. I write my sermons on Thursday, every Thursday. I have to lock in, and nobody can disrupt me, and I got to focus. And so I went up in the room there in Mexico. Well, it was on the side of Mexico in Texas there. And I went up in the room where they had us, and I just prayed, Dear God, you're speaking to me about hydrate. And I was just going to preach this message, not knowing it's going to go into a three-part series. And uh, so... Just to let you know, uh, this message was born out of Mexico. And uh, if you're in Mexico, that never seemed to fail that while we were getting ready to board the vans, we had three vans, and we had to cross over the border every day and come back over the border every day. But it never seemed to fail that 7 o'clock in the morning we gathered every morning, 7 o'clock in the morning for devotions. So that means you had to get up some for 5.30 in the morning, whatever, 5 o'clock in the morning to get hot water or whatever else, and so and to be down on the floor at 7. But it never seemed to fail after we got done with the devotions and get ready to load the van. Somebody would yell out, don't forget your water. Don't forget your water. I mean, it never seemed to fail that they would always, somebody would yell out, don't forget your water. And then we'd have to write our names on our bottles of water or whatever it may be. And uh, I thought to myself the first day, why would people always say, don't forget your water? You know, they had water there for us. And so when we got to the place there in Mexico, uh, it was dry. I mean, it was dry. It was tumbleweeds. It was no really vegetation out there. It was really no trees out there other than little small little trees. It was craziest thing. And I thought to myself, why would they say that? 
Well, when we got out there and we got done eating breakfast and so on, we started to work. And I realized why they said not, Monty, to forget your water. Because everything in that area is so dry, it's almost like the tumbleweeds are pulling moisture out of you. So everything that you do, like you're walking on the sand, I mean, it's pulling moisture out of you. You go by the bathroom, it's pulling moisture out of you. I mean, it's because everything is so dry. And so if you don't keep hydrated, what happens, you can feel that throughout the course of the day, you start getting sluggish and you start getting detired and you start getting wore out and you start perspirating and you realize that your energy is being drained. And I thought to myself, God, isn't that how it is in the world that we try to go on in life in our Christian walk with God and as we do in this walk with God, everything in the world pulls on us. Everything, whether it be your job, whether it be your family, whether it be your finances, everything is pulling on you and trying to get you dehydrated. And if you're dehydrated, you get exhausted, you get confused, you get weary, you, you lose energy, you lose strength, you lose vision, you lose purpose in life because you're empty inside and everything is pulling on you. And I remember Harlan, Harlan forgot to uh, take some water. We were doing fence posts, and, man, we were drilling. At first, they started out digging. It took uh, Josh, you should have seen Josh, our youth pastor, Josh and his team, man, Chaz, Jazz, they, they, uh, they were Jazz, Chaz, Chase. I call them all kinds of things, amen. But he knows I love them, amen. And, uh, but they were digging holes. They, they dug four holes in two days. They, all they could do, the ground was so hard and dry that all they could do in two days was dig four holes about yay deep. Four holes. And because the ground was so hard and was so dry. And, uh, but Carlin was helping Josh. They finally rented a, a, an auger to drill holes for the, you know, to drill holes for the poles. And uh, Harlan forgot to uh, take his water. And so because he was working so hard on the logs, he got discombobulated. And he come up to me and said, Pastor, I, I, I got to go get some water. He said, man, I, I'm, just, I'm just exhausted. He said, I'm, I'm feeling a little confused, a little discombobulated. So I walked with Harlan to where his water jug was, so make sure that he got replenished. But how many of you know that's exactly what happens in the world? You wonder why on Sundays we feel all pumped up, we're excited, we're, man, we got energized, we just had great worship by Jeremiah and the team. Wasn't that awesome today? I just love it. I, we went to a Spanish church, and I, I have no idea what they were singing, but I sure had fun with them, amen? And I mean to tell you, it doesn't matter what they sing, but, man, we were just praising God. And when they would lift their hands, that must have been a sign that it was about Jesus. So I lifted my hands, hallelujah. I didn't know what I was saying. The only thing I knew was Banyo. And they said, yeah, it's over there. Okay. But, I mean, it was crazy. But, you know, a lot of times what happens on Sunday, we walk back into our world and we have to face our boss. We walk back into our real world and we have to face our financial pressures. We walk back into our world and we have to face maybe our spouse and our marriage. we got situations that are going on there. But each thing that we walk into, you know what it's doing? It's taking something from you. It's taking something from you that eventually it meant to spiritually bankrupt you and make you dry and dehydrated. And I thought to myself, isn't that what the Lord says? And if you have your Bible, if you can turn with me to Psalms 42, verse 1. I love what David says there. He illustrates about a deer. And this is deer hunting country, amen. For you new people, why do we call our church Adventure Church? Is because when you come to Siren, Wisconsin, or this area, whether it be Frederick, whether it be Danbury, whether it be Grantsburg, it may be that you're from, luck, whatever. It's all about an adventure. Everybody loves to come hunt here because they got great deer here. They love to come and snowmobile here because they don't have snow here. They love to do everything, you know. And, uh, but it's about an adventure. And so we called our church Adventure Church because we not only are an adventure here in Siren and surrounding communities, but we are in an adventure with God. And, man, with this adventure with God, the exciting thing about that is you never know what God is going to do. Amen? And that's what God does. He surprises you and does new things in your life every day. If you knew what God was going to do every day, it would become boring to you and routine and mundane. But God says, listen, I do new things every morning. Great is my faithfulness. I will do things that you can't even fathom or imagine because my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways. So when you think you got God figured out, guess what? That's when you don't. 
And so God uses the illustration, and I thought it was perfect for the surrounding, about a deer. And he says, as the deer. Now, where that deer is, if you look at my Bible, I put my name there, CJ. And if you have your Bible, put your name there because what he's referring to is you and I. As CJ, as Crystal, I'll say my children's pastor, pants for the water, so my soul pants for you, my God. In other words, what he's saying that the deer, if you ever see a deer when they're exhausted, when I was out deer hunting in Wisconsin, believe me, I used to hunt a lot before I hurt my back. And when I was out hunting, there was a deer that you can obviously tell he must have been shot at or whatever because when he came running by me, man, he was exhausted and he had his tongue hanging out and he was doing, have you ever heard a deer like that when they do that, when they're dry and, and his tongue was hanging out and you could tell he was losing his energy. He was exhausted. He'd been running for, what, a mile or two miles or whatever it may be. And you could tell that he was exhausted and he was running out of energy or running out of steam. And what God is illustrating there, that you and I have to be that deer that desires more of God every day. That we shouldn't live on yesterday's experience, yesterday's manna, yesterday's bread with God, yesterday's experience of our devotions with God, that every day we have a new intake of bringing your water. Don't forget to bring your water. Don't forget to bring your word. Don't forget to take time with God to hydrate yourself again. And what he's saying is when you lose that hunger and you lose that drive, you're going to be energized. I mean, you're going to lose your energy. You're going to lose your enthusiasm. You're going to lose your excitement for God. Because you're dehydrating. And so what he says, listen, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you. In Matthew 5, verse 6, watch what he says. I love this verse. And right in the middle of Matthew 5, verse 6, right in the middle, it's called the Beatitudes. And if you look before verses 5, verses 4 of the same chapter, it talks about the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes means to be blessed. How many like to be blessed? I'll tell you, I like it when God does surprises. I like handfuls on purpose. I like when Boaz's come into my life. Not, not necessarily a man into my life, but you know what I'm talking about. And, but I like handfuls on purpose. When God does a suddenly in my life, when things happen unexpectedly, I need something at that time. God is never too late. He's never too early. He's always right on time. How many ever had that experiences? Amen. That God does those great things in your life at the right time. But he says, listen, blessed are those. There again, put your name there. Blessed is Lisa. Blessed is man, those who rose, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So he calls us blessed. If you want to be blessed, he says, listen, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So he says, you are blessed outside of the arena or the realm of God. You are separated or you're not walking under the umbrella and therefore you're allowing yourself to be under the storm and often the shelter of God. But he said, if you are hungering for me, you will be blessed and you will be under the shelter of the Almighty and I will be your refuge and I will be your protector and I will watch over over you day in and day out. But he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because watch what he says. They will be filled. That's why he says you're blessed. You know, when we were in Mexico, we, we went to Mercy Day on Wednesday. It, it was amazing. And I, I'm not kidding you, Jeff. It was, it was crazy. Some of these people, and you may have saw some pictures on Facebook, but there was probably three, 400 people there. Easy, easy, if, if not more. And uh, they knew we were coming. Now, check this out. They knew, Bob, that we were coming. And they knew that we were coming with food. Some of these people were there. We got there around 5 o'clock. We got there around 5 o'clock that night. Do you know that some of those people were already in line around noon that day? Noon that day. Now, let me tell you this to you. They knew that they were coming to get something from us. Okay? And so what happened, Mike, is that they were already in line probably at noon that day, and they were wrapped around this fence. You should have seen. It was just crazy when we pulled up. Men, women, little children, little babies, man, grandmas and grandpas that were handicapped. They had a tent that they, they put all the, the elderly and the old, uh, handicapped people underneath this tent so they wouldn't get sunburned or whatever else, and they shaded them. And here's the kicker. 
They were there waiting for food that they got a bag of food that valued. Now, I want you to get this. That valued probably anywhere from 15 to maybe $20 a bag. If that, if that, because they got a bag of rice. What is rice today? About a dollar a bag? The raw rice. Not minute-made rice, but the raw rice. You can probably get that for about a dollar a pound. Amen? And so they got three tomatoes. They got two onions. They got about six jalapeno peppers. And probably the value of that was 15 to $20. But you know what? I wonder, I wonder how many of us, because we are so blessed, do we really hunger for God? Because we have everything at our fingertips and everything's available to us that we don't really need to wait in line to get things. We already have it. But Jesus says, listen, you don't have to wait in line with me. All you have to do is get lined up with me, and as you get lined up with me, and as you search for me, and as you seek me, and you, as you pant after me, I will fill you up. He says, so hunger and thirst for righteousness. See, listen to this. Are you that deer that pants and longs for more of Jesus, or only when it's convenient? Only when it's convenient. I, you know, God, I, I, I love you right now. Everything's going good in my life right now. Everything's really happening. Man, everything is smooth. I don't need you right now, God. I remember some time ago, Cheryl and I were in the hospital, and Cheryl had some complications, and we were in the hospital, and, and I, I left her room, and when I left her room, there was a gentleman that was on the phone, and he was crying uncontrollably. And I thought to myself, wow, he's really going through some problems. I mean, man, he, he is sobbing, and he's just really, just really on the phone going at it. And my thought was is that, man, he's in desperation. My thought was this, I wonder how much he seeks after God when he's not going through the problem. You see, we always hunger for God when we're going through circumstances and pressures and situations in our lives. Then I'm going to hunger for God. But when things are going smooth, Lord, I, hey, I'll see you later, God. Listen, God doesn't want a part-time lover. You're my part-time lover. You don't know that neither, amen. <laughs> he doesn't want a part-time lover. He wants a person that hungers and thirsts for him every day. Have you ever wondered why when Jesus gave Moses and the Israelites manna? And why did he say not to store it up? Because the Lord said, listen, yesterday is history. Tomorrow's a mystery, but today, right now, is the present. It's the gift. And God wants us each day to walk in a new gift with him. And sometimes we never find the gift because we don't hunger for him on the day he wants to give you the gift. And every day, it's a gift. So, God, yesterday is history. Today, tomorrow's a mystery. But today is a gift. And, God, I'm going to seek you that I may find you. And find you, you're going to bless me because, Lord, you said if I hunger for you, you're going to fill me up. And as you fill me up, I'll be satisfied, I'll be edified, and I'll be built up to go and conquer the world for you. And so he says, listen, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Don't make God just for your convenience. God wants us to be every day with him. Let me, just, let me say this to you. The Bible says that in Lamentations chapter 3, that God is faithful. His faithfulness is what? New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. But you notice what he said? New every morning. Every morning. I, uh, while I was in Mexico, I, man, because we only eat at certain times. We eat at about whenever Pastor Steve gets done preaching, then we go and go eat to breakfast, and that could be forever. So we can meet at, eat at 9 o'clock, we can eat at 10 o'clock, we can eat at 10.30, wherever. But, but you know, we, and then we eat at usually at noon or 1 o'clock and then at 5. So that is our meals, and there's no other time. And so what I had to do is I had to learn that, man, i got to put some things away. How many know what I'm talking about? You got to do some stashing. Ay, ay, ay. And so, you know what I did? Uh, they had some French bread. There's no kidding. They had some French bread. And so I thought, man, I got, I got to take some of this bad boy with me because, you know, I'm in my room and we eat at 5 o'clock. You know, hey, how many of you get that midnight snack urge? You know what I'm saying? Come on. 
That's why we get these little bulges from because we eat too late. Amen. And so listen, what I did is I, I took some of the bread and I took it and I put it upstairs. And when I went back to it a little later, guess what? Bambi, it was hard. I thought, what the world happened to this bread? I told you I wrote this out of Mexico. But you know what? That's what God says. He says, you try to live on yesterday's manna, but that when you go back to it, it's hard. And when you try to bite into it, it's not as refreshing. And you get discouraged and you get upset at God. God, what happened? And God said, I don't want you to live on yesterday's manna. I want you to live on today's new blessings that I have for you. But you will never find them. If you don't seek me, you will find me. If you don't ask, it won't be given. If you don't knock, it won't be open. So you have to do these things to get fresh new manna every day. Amen? Now, John, chapter 7, it says these words. I love what he says. On the last day of the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. They didn't have microphones, and they didn't have them cutting out like we did today. And let me just say this. We went to a church. It's called Abundant Life, Abundant Living Church, church of 25,000 people. And listen to this. You think that we have sometimes some technical difficulties with the sound? Lisa will tell you. They, they have this huge church, beautiful building, but the night before Sunday that we there, everything had collapsed, everything. And they had no, no sound, no nothing. Matter of fact, even on Sunday they have, had the services piped out in the hallways. That was still down. So praise the Lord. With our little cutting out once in a while, thank you, Jesus, that's all we have. Amen. Because <laughs> I know what it's like to have that kind of situation. But he says, Jesus said in a loud voice, let anyone who... That's you is thirsty. Aren't you thirsty today? I want more God. You know why Jesus says that we're salt? Because salt makes us salty. It makes us thirsty. And so Jesus calls us salt that we are thirsty for him and that we can bring salt to the world. And the reason why he calls you salt, because you need water to help you with your saltiness. Otherwise, salt, man, you'll get all white and ashy and all that kind of stuff. But Jesus says you are the salt of the world. Anyone loses his salt... What happens? You lose your flavor, you lose your zeal, you lose your zest, all these things in your life. So he says, listen, let anyone who's thirsty come to me. I love that, come to me. I could just picture that. You know, uh, when Cheryl and I lived in Colorado, we went to Utah. And Utah is the place where all the Mormons, where the Mormon, uh, what is it? Tabernacle is, and the Mormon tabernacle is there, and all these things are there in Utah, and we had a chance to to go see that, and it's 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 a sight to behold. I mean, sight to behold. And uh, uh, what they do is what they do is the first thing you do, you, they won't let you in the temple because that's sacred. But what Mormons do is they have right when you walk into the main lobby of their building, they have a statue, beautiful, just, man, I mean, done meticulously. And it's a statue of Jesus with a mom and a dad and a son and a daughter. And what it is is with arms outstretched like this. So when you walk into there, they give you the impression that they're all about family. And that's how they hook you is through that we're all about family and you're important to us. And once they get you, they got you where they want you and now they're going to get you. And then they're really into other things. But my purpose was, is when I walked into that, it was such a settling feeling, like a peaceful feeling, like, wow, that's how Jesus wants us to come. He wants us to come and not have any airs or fear or being afraid or, but he just wants you to come. And you know how he wants you to come? Just as you are. You see, I want you to hear something. If Jesus wanted you to be perfected and perfect before you came, then why did we need Jesus? Think about that. If he wanted you to come perfect and perfected, then what's the sense of Melda going to him? The reason why Jesus wants you to come is so that he can perfect you that he can perfect you day in and day out, that he can do a change in your life. I'm so glad that, man, Bob, you're a mechanic because, man, he knows how to change that, uh, that, that carburetor and make sure that, that needle is just right, getting enough gas to make me run right or my car run right. Isn't that exactly what God does? When we come, he tweaks us. He's the refiner. 
He who began a good work in us will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. Guess what, guys? All of you got construction hats on. You're under construction every day with God. And so that's why he says to come, so I can overhaul you. I can work on you. That you don't have to fight and try to change it yourself and try to think yourself worthy because God doesn't look for works. He looks by works by grace. God doesn't work in works. He works by grace. And his grace is sufficient for you. In other words, that you line up according to what he loves you. He accepts you and he forgives you and he just wants you to come. Isn't that cool? But when you come, he says, come thirsty. Come thirsty and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. Do you see that? Rivers of living water. Do you know that 75% of our body weight is made up of water? Man, we're walking water balloons. Man, when we go to restaurants and that, that waiter keeps coming by, you want more water? Yeah, sure. You walk out of there, your body's all walking all over like this. But what is the result of flowing? I want you to see this now. You have this on your paper. The results of spiritual flowing. Think about this. It produces, flowing produces freshness in your life. You know, if you ever think about a river, why does he say streams of living water? Because when a river comes downstream or upstream and comes downstream, what does it do? It washes out the old and it brings down new. And see, that's what God does. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things become new. You know why that is? Because the streams of living water are washing out the old and bringing in the new. And sometimes what happens when the old gets to settling in our lives and there's no rivers flowing in us, we become a stagnant pool full of mosquito eggs. Mosquito eggs are laying in you, man. Lava's laying in you. Green algae's all on you. In other words, you become a stinking, thinking pool or a dead sea. And so Jesus says, if you come to me, streams of living water flow within you to keep you fresh and all that garbage that you faced yesterday will be changed today. Another thing is this. Flowing means a consistent refilling. Wow. To be refilled. Man, when we were there, Steve talked about the water. And I don't have time to talk about that. But, man, water is such a sacred thing there. And they have to fill up these water things. And these, man, it's just crazy how they use their water. But it's constant refilling. You know, some of us are walking half empty with God. And God doesn't want you to walk in 110. He wants you to be in 220. He wants to constantly refill you. Some of you are dehydrating. Look at this. Another one is this. Flowing produces power in your spiritual walk. We wonder why we're getting beat up by the enemy. It's because we're powerless. You see, we're powerless. It's so funny. The other day I was watching, this was before we went to Mexico, I was watching some video on, on my Facebook and there's a young man that, crazy, maybe you saw this, he stuck out his tongue and he took a cattle prod. Did you see this? On, 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 took a cattle prod and stuck it to his tongue. And as soon as he, he collapsed on the floor and he's convulsing on the floor. Can you believe that? I thought, how ignorant can you be? But, but, you know, but that power struck him. That should be you. You should be the cattle prod. And when the enemy comes at you, he can't touch you. Can't touch this. You don't know none of that either. Right? Because, listen, because it's not flowing from you, you become powerless. Another one is this flowing splashes over onto others. Isn't that cool? Man, uh, how many of you ever, when you were a kid or still do it, uh, had done a cannonball before? You know, we have our family reunion all the time in July. And it's so funny, we, we get on our pontoon, and, and it's probably, I don't know how many that we have on there, usually 20-something on there. And it's so funny, my, my nephews, Ross and Grant, and my boys and my son-in-law, they always, always, always love to do this because there's some ladies and guys that don't want to get in the water. They're just chickens, you know what I'm saying? Chicken, chickens. So they want the, to bring the water to them. And it's so funny. So what they do is they all around the pontoon, back, front, sides, they all, at count of three, do cannonballs. And I mean, what happens? Everybody in the boat 
gets drenched because it, bam, you know what I'm saying? And the girl, ah, stop it, ah, you know. The fish are going away. They're running because their ears are being pierced because of the high tone. And Jesus is saying, help me. But, you, but the point is, is when you are walking and flowing, it splashes over to others. And, you know, that's the good thing and the beauty about God. Listen, folks, listen. When you are walking in the spirit of God and the rivers are flowing in your life, that's when people say, what's different about you? What is different about you than, than me? And you can say, streams of living water are flowing within me. Streams of living water are flowing within me, and I'm walking in the power and the strength of God's might. You see, listen, dehydration occurs. God wants you to be hydrated, but look at this. Dehydration occurs when the amount of water leaving the body is greater than the amount being taken in. So what happens is some of us are walking powerless spiritually because we're being dehydrated. It's like I said at Mexico. I mean, it's the sand, the rocks, the tumbleweeds. Everything you can think of is sucking life out of you because it's so dry around there. Man, your tongue is sticking to the roof of your mouth. I mean, it's, it's the craziest thing. And you don't even realize it's happening, but everybody's, water, get that human right there. I mean, it's crazy. And all of a sudden you see this tree come to life because they sucked it out of you. You know, but dehydration, listen, I like this. By just, just by breathing, sweating, and urinating, you can dehydrate without even knowing it. How many know that's true? You can just dehydrate. You can just, if you lose over 20% of your body weight, you can do serious harm to yourself. You can, you can really do serious harm to yourself. You start clamming up. You start looking pruney. All these type of things happening. If you've seen Harlan, he started looking white. He was looking confused. He started looking discombobulated. It was, I mean, it was really wild. And he, he, he was just kind of wobbling, you know. I got to get some water. I got to get some water. And he was desperate. But look at this. Signs of dehydration. Look at this. This is so crazy when you think about that because I'm moving ahead real quick. When you're dehydrated, how, how do people know when you're dehydrated? And I'm not going off that, my, my notes. I want to I do something else here. Um, but listen, here's, here's some signs of dehydration. Watch this. Signs of dehydration. Your mouth will become dry. Your eyes will stop making tears. Sweating may stop. Muscle cramps. Nausea and vomiting. Lightheadedness. Your mental status, confusion. Your, your vital signs, high blood pressure, your heart rate, your skin starts to, to, uh, to crack. But how do, you, how, do you, uh, de how do you hydrate yourself? You ever think about that? I know these are not on your notes. But how do you hydrate yourself? You do this, you drink more water each day, six to eight glasses a day. You, you can drink broth. You can eat popsicles, eat jello, other replacements. You know, that's what you do. But when what happens with our spiritual walk, and now this is where we are in our notes, okay? And I move very close and very ahead because I want to get to the altar here. But I want you to see the signs of dehydration. How can I tell if I'm dehydrated spiritually, Pastor? God wants us to have streams of living water flowing in us. But some of us are limping Christians. Some of us are defeated Christians. Some of us are quitters that we want to just give up and throw in the towel and no mas, no mas. I did learn that in Spanish. In other words, I quit. But here's a sign of dehydration that maybe I'm dehydrating spiritually. Number one, a lack of desiring his word. You see, here's how you can tell your barometer with God that God's word is put on the shelf. You know, God's word is the number one selling book. The Bible is the number one selling book. But you know what's funny about that? It's the number one least read book. And we have all these Bibles, and sometimes what we have on our shelves makes us feel secure that we have the Word around us. We can have it around us, but you know what? That's not going to work. It's got to be in us. Thy Word have I hidden in thy heart that I might not sin against God. And just because we have a circle of Bibles around our head at night by our headboard, over on our dresser, over on our footboard, and over here because we feel like that's a hedge, it's not going to get in us unless we intake it in us. We have to take it in. We have to when you begin to lose your desire for God's word, it's a sign you're getting dehydrated. When your appetite is gone for his word, it sets you up feeling dry and empty. That's what happens. 
You see, number two, here's another big one when you feel dehydrated spiritually. Number two is this, not desiring to go to church. Isn't that something? When, when, you, when, when you start feeling dehydrated, you can tell when people are feeling dehydrated spiritually. I don't want to go to church. Man, I don't want to go here, Pastor CJ, and I don't want to be with those hypocrite people. And I don't want. We find excuses of why we shouldn't go to church. Oh, man, I worked hard yesterday, so I don't have to go to church. And we, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. And all that is, is robbing you spiritually from being hydrated. And your lack of church, you know, the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of the brother. Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. You wonder why when, when God shows up, he shows out. You wonder why when he shows up in a service, that why is there so much more intensity now in church than when I go home? It's because where two or three are gathered, it stirs up the atmosphere. I say, come on, get up. The king is here. There must be something in the atmosphere. Atmosphere. I say, come on. You don't even know that either. I'm going to teach you guys a bunch of new songs. Amen. Jeremiah, we're going to have a worship night someday. Amen. We're going to teach them all these new slang songs. Amen. That's the ghetto right there. Why are children always first to feel the pain and hurt? The ghetto. You don't know that one either. Amen. Elvis Presley. I'm just kidding. But listen, but desire him. You start complaining about church, and that gives you an excuse of why you shouldn't go. I wonder, seriously, and I don't want to take a poll, but I wonder how many of you today got up this morning, I don't want to go to church. Man, let's stay home. The Olympics are on. And we make all kinds of excuses. But that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do because there's strength in numbers. And the enemy likes to isolate you from the pack. And if you're isolated from the pack, guess who's going to attack? He's going to attack you because you're away from the pack. And so you're out there isolated, so the enemy comes in. Hey, I see one out there all by himself. But there's strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. And if you ever notice elephants, I love studying elephants. I have the, 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 the video that I, I have, and my kids got it for me, and I love watching and studying all that kind of stuff on elephants. And anyways, when a baby elephant is born, and the, the, the lions come in to try to attack, and they always try to attack the baby elephants because they're really weak and frail. And so what the elephants are accustomed to doing, not does just the mother protects the baby elephant, but what happens is they form a circle around that little baby elephant. And so what they do is that little baby elephant is in the middle, and when that lion tries to come in, the elephants come with their tusks, whatever side that lion comes around, because they circle that little baby elephant, and so that elephant, that little baby elephant is saved and rescued because everybody works together. And so when you're in church, we're like elephants to each other. That we protect each other. That we lift up each other. That we don't talk about each other. And if we do talk about each other, it should be down on our knees. Amen? It shouldn't be doing this number. Because I always find this to be like this. If that's this, guess what? Gossip is anything that you say that doesn't have to do pertain to you. So if you're out there doing this and it doesn't have to pertain to you, guess what you're doing? We should be praying. And a lot of times people don't want to come to church because they're afraid of what other people are going to say. Number three is this. Your faith is weakened. Wow. I love this. You lose that sense of expectancy to believe for big things in God. You see, the further you fade away from God, the less you hear his voice. And the less you hear his voice, the less you start expecting. Because God's voice becomes faint to you. And what happens is the further he's out away from you, the less you hear his voice and the less you start believing because God doesn't hear me. But God hears you and he's speaking to you, but you're so far off from God. You drifted away so far away from God that what happens is God's speaking, but you can't hear because he's 100 miles away. And what it does, it weakens your faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Jesus said, I want to lift you up. I want to bless you. I want to pour out my spirit upon you. I want to do mighty works in your, in your midst, but I can't because you're so far away and your faith is so weak and you need to get plugged back in. You see, instead of saying, I, I can do all things, you start saying, I can't do anything. Isn't that? You see how that works? 
we come and I, I, I can't do anything. I'm glad you can't do anything, but he can do all things. And, and that's what we do, our outlook in life. Val, it changes. It, Dana, it, it, it changes. And we start windling away the things that God has for us. And our, you begin to start expecting the bad things to happen instead of the good things. Wow. And we say things like this, uh, God doesn't love me. Why should I expect anything to happen? God doesn't care about me. If he did, why did this happen? You see, what that's doing is windling at your faith. It's, it's making you lose perspective of who God is. It's making you look lose perspective of how God wants to bless you. And so what happens is he's got you in this, this funk. He's got you in this depression, this discouragement, thinking God doesn't love you, but he loves others. And God doesn't do that. In Romans 2.11, he says God doesn't show favoritism. He's not a respecter of person. He loves you just as much as he loves me. He loves his Hispanic people just as he loves us. Man, God is not a respecter of nations, color, creed, race, doesn't matter. God loves us all. But God says, listen, you come to me, I will come near to you. God said, if you hunger for me, I will fill you up. God is the father that takes care of his children, and you are his children. And just much you as a father and a mother, you take care of your children. I see this young lady over here holding her little daughter. God bless you. Day. But you have a responsibility now to take care of her. And I can see that you are prideful in that. I'm glad. But that's the same way your father is. Is you gotta get that in your heart. You gotta, my grandfather says, get it, Dale, in your knower. You gotta get it in your knower that God is your Abba Father, your daddy. And when I'm telling you, when the enemy comes in and tries to tell you he doesn't love you or he don't talk to you, you don't do this and he don't do that, you need to stop and say, wait a minute. I know my daddy. Do you know my daddy? I know my daddy, devil. My daddy will never leave me nor forsake me. My daddy provides all my needs. My daddy forgives me. He loves me. I know my daddy. Devil, do you know my daddy? If you don't, I'm going to tell you about him. You see what I'm saying? And, baby, what happens is he'll whittle at your faith. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to read the word. I don't need to believe because nothing happens to me. And lastly is this. You start feeling all alone. Oh, isn't that? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Waves of worry set in. Your temper changes. And you get easily angry at people. Wow. <laughs> Nobody cares. Have you ever said that? Maybe you're saying it now. You don't have to show raise your hand, but have you ever said that nobody cares? We're just a number that goes to church. They just want my money at Adventure Church. That's not true because I don't even see who gives and who don't give. This church gives out so much money to I, I couldn't believe it. Wait till you see next week the things that we do for the community. It's unbelievable how we operate in this church. It's just that's it, unbelievable. It, it, it's it, wait it's. <laughs> I've never seen it before. Unbelievable what we give out. But how many know what I'm talking about? Spiritual dehydration. Yeah. Fear starts taking over your mind and your heart. Stops you from going forward. <laughs> Once before you could say to that mountain, you could believe for big things, but now because your faith is dwindled and you don't have the strength of numbers now that you're an overcome instead of being an overcomer. And you're being overcome by the cares of this world. You're being overcome by your job. You're being overcome by your marriage. You're being overcome by your kids. You're being overcome by your finances. You're being overcome by your health. And you're wondering, man, I'm out here fighting this battle alone. Well, God says, no. Where two or three are gathered, there are in the midst of you. God says, when I show up, I'll show up. Two or three agree, it shall be done. See, there's power in numbers. We need each other. When I go home for my family reunion, and there's like 50 some of us all together, now it's over 70. But when at that time, when I came home from college and there's 50 some of that at that time and some of our family members weren't there, guess what? It wasn't complete. 
And listen, stop thinking that you're a number. You are a human being. You are a soul that has feelings, emotions. You are a person that, man, got people love. And I don't care what you think because the Bible says that God loves you. Don't let that stinking thinking get into your spirit and tell you that you're not valued, that you're not loved. I'm out here all alone. It's because you put yourself in that position. Come out of that position and say, no, I'm going to rise up. I'm going to be accounted for. I'm a child of God. I'm a royal priesthood. Jesus loves me. That settles it. You see, this pastor, <laughs> Bambi, I don't know you, and I just met some other people today. Where's another one I just met? Over you, is it Linda? Linda, just met Linda today. God bless you. See, you remember your names. Look at that, huh? Just met you today. Know your age now because you can come to the club. Amen. In the club. But you see what I'm saying, though, folks? Listen. Are you dehydrated today? Are you, are you, are you dehydrated today? Are you one that maybe you're cracking inside? Maybe you're, you're one that's some pastor, I, I need prayer. I'm fighting this battle alone. And I, I, I need prayer, Pastor. I, I, I need prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that dwells in us, through us, and out of us. I thank you, Father, for the power of the Holy Spirit that's also there to refresh us, to strengthen us, to touch us in our time of need. When we're feeling empty and dry, you fill us up as we hunger and thirst for you. Father, I thank you for every individual. I thank you for this church. Cheryl, I love them so dearly. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless this church and they're going in and they're going out. I pray whatever they put their hands to doing, God, it will prosper. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bring increase to their household, that their God will get a raise on their job, that they'll get promotions, Lord God, that you'll bring peace in the midst of their storm and whatever they're facing in life, that, God, you will show yourself big and faithful to them. And, Father, if they're feeling dehydrated, I pray that, God, you will hydrate him today with new streams of living water. Bless them. Go with them. We thank you, Father, for this church. Bring us back Wednesday night for 50 and Older Club and for the youth group and all the other things that are happening around this church. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. God bless you. God bless you.